Meanwhile, behind the facade of this innocent-looking podcast. Squid Podcast. We're here with Chris Williamson, a comedian extraordinaire, been on the roads of many colleges, maybe many, you know, comedy extravaganzas and a whole bunch of lingerie shops. And uh <laughs> and a diner near you. Yeah. <laughs> you know every but, diner from Queens to Montauk, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris, say hi to all the squid and maniacs out there and <laughs> yeah, the little those the, what I what I, I usually call them the Squidarians, you know, or Squiddies for short. Yeah, I like uh, Squiddies. Yeah, Squiddies. That's I'm trying to I'm going to try to make a shirt that says Squiddies on it, you know, <laughs> or Squid Army. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, tell people what you know, who are you, what you do, and you know, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, I've been a I'm stand up comic. Been a stand up for over twenty years. Um, my website's at notmature.com. I always plug that, you know. Um, done a lot of road comedy, club comedy, uh, and I do corporate stuff now too, which is which is nice because corporate comedy actually pay and corporate stuff actually pays as opposed to, you know, working the road and doing that kind of stuff. You're like, hey, give me my money. Okay, here's your money right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, let me go back to the diner. Okay. It's yeah. like you want to drive twelve bucks to Altoona, uh, twelve hours. To Altoona for twenty bucks, you know. Like, yeah, oh, that. Now, now, how much does a comedian go? Uh, well, I'm not gonna say it like that. Like, uh, how much does a comedian go for? You know, it's like one of those stripper grams or something. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> but how much does a comedian like uh, usually get? It or it depends on where you're at or where you're playing at. It really depends on where you're at. You know, like if, if you're a headliner that can fill seats in the, in the best clubs, the, the sky is the limit, you know, as far as what you can make. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you're starting out on the road and you're, you're hosting shows or whatever, you might be getting 50 bucks a show or a hundred bucks a show. You know, it's not, um, you know, in, in the beginning, especially it's for the love of the game. It's not for the, it's not for the money that's rolling in, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like uh, uh, oh, what's it? Um, you know, because everybody goes to like different things that they were perform. But because I hear stories from, and we know, you know, our friend Key, which is also a comedian, mm -hmm. um, and he's been doing it for I don't, I don't even know how many years. I mean, I know he's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, he's closing in on twenty. Yeah. Yeah, because in the beginning he was doing music, so he knows the like the ins and outs of you know like being on stage and and you know not being stage fright. You know, yeah. I mean, me, I would, I'd be like, okay, let me think of people in the underwear. No, no, I don't want to do that. No, <laughs> you know, I don't want to think but, about most of them in their underwear. Yeah, well, there's some of them that you know. Like the one person that we know probably just walks around without any underwear, <laughs> you know. But yeah. um, you know that one woman—I'm not going to say who it is because I can't remember her name anyway. But the one that we were talking about like a couple weeks ago or a month ago, I guess. Yeah, oh, I remember her. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. They—they <laughs> comedian on stage. They had to stop the show to say uh, your skirt's a little short, and we we don't like how you're sitting on the chair. <laughs> I remember that show. Uh, so, so, folks, we, we, we were at a um, many moons ago. I don't know how long. Maybe a year ago, two years ago, probably. Way before the pandemic started. And there was a flea market that's in Long Island. It's a you know, basic flea market. So the woman wants to go and do something different, which is fine. You know, it's great. And she made like a, a, a Lala's Lounge, I think it was called. Yeah, and so it, she wanted to have like people go there to like either play music or do like parties and and whatnot. So they did a comedy. Uh, what it was more like a a talent show kind of thing, I guess it was. It was like an open mic kind of thing. Yeah, and, and then we go in there. Now, I, me, I'm no comedian, but I'm like I'm like friends with everybody over there, so I'm like I'm hanging out. I want to see how the shit goes because, like I said, we know Key and. You know, he's a comedian, and I went over there to see what's going on, and all of a sudden, there was, like, this this girl look like, I, I don't know, I don't want to say anything demeaning to anybody, but she right. looked like she had some kind of, like, like she was on drugs or something. Right. It looked like she had track marks. Yeah. Like, on her, was it arm or something, or on her leg, because when you said about the dress, it was so short. You know, that you can see look like track marks, but I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret about comedians. Some of us do drugs. You know, that, <laughs> there have been a few comics that have been guilty of that over, yeah. over time. Yeah. Remember Laka from Taxi. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we go in, we're watching this whole thing, and um, everybody goes up. Chris went up there. A couple of people up there, you know, well, well-known comedians have been up on there, and here's this girl comes up there, and the stage light is on her. She's at the thing, and people are sitting in the front row, and there it is, all in her glory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and, and the owner basically. Stop the show. You know? Basically, yeah. She's like, no, and she took the light and like turned it away and was like, cover up your 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 hoochie is showing. <laughs> you know? And it was like and there's like things where uh you know, cause and I knew for a fact because I'd gone with like hanging out with people that have done comedy stuff and, and, and been on stage. 
uh, that that could be some kind of thing that is part of their act. You know what I mean? Could be. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's what Key, uh, you know, Key was saying to, uh, you know, uh, the, the owner. It's like, you yeah. don't stop it. You know, that could be part of her act. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, you know, the thing, you know, it could be like, oh, you know, listen, here's a play gun or, you know, like, you know, make it look like, you know, some kind of thing or, yeah. But it was a crazy, it was actually a crazy night, you know. And, and we actually did a roast in that flea market, too, for Keith's, Keith's uh, 50th yeah. birthday. And, and he had a bobblehead. He had a bobblehead yeah. uh, made up from his wife, made a bobblehead of him. And it, yeah. it looked like Kerry King from Slayer, <laughs> where he got shorter. <laughs> yeah. I remember I followed, there was a Cher impersonator there that was singing. And... When when I went up at Lala's and, if, and this is one of my lines, I went up and I said, uh, "You know, it's cool following Cher. You know, she's I said she sang Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves, which is pretty much the people who shop here at Lala's." <laughs> pretty much. And you know what's funny? I seen her. Oh I yeah. Seen her. It's good. She was good. Yeah. Really. She looked good. exactly like Cher. Yeah. No. I have a picture with her. I love it's one of my favorite comedy pictures. You know, she's really good. I think her name's Louise Bruno. Like she's a great chair impersonator. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have the, the, the card to like, you know, promote it and all that, but I mean yeah. just look up, you know, share and uh <laughs> the the name that that just like completely forgot about my name you know, the name as it is. But <laughs> you know, 'cause I'm starstruck people. I'm sorry. Right, yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, she does a great share impersonation. She did the whole thing with the Indian headdress and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, everything. It was just, it was just fun, you know. And she did it for a couple of gigs, uh, you know, over there as well. Yeah. But as it is, La La's Lounge is no more. That's um, a good example of, especially like for new comics, that's the type of places you'll play sometimes. You know, you'll play a flea market, a bowling alley, you know, I've, I've done parking lots where the stage was the back of a pickup truck. You know, when you're starting out in comedy, you know, th those are the type of places you'll be, you'll play a lot of, a lot of the times. And for me, it was like coming back, like I'm friend, I'm friends with key, you know? So when he, when he, if he has a room, if I'm off, I'll come down and do a spot or, or whatever. Um, but, but even, even now, like I'll still go back to those type rooms to work out new material and do, do things like that. You know, yeah. it, it kind of keeps you grounded, you know, when you're, you know, this, you, this, you play, you play some like weird places as it is. And I've been there too, when you, uh, let's see, a, a, uh, uh, a cat. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah that called again? I've done that out East where, you know, there's cats running around while you're on stage. Yeah, I like that. Gurring around somewhere, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I love the pets, though. Those are fun. We did um well, I, I just saw you at like uh what was it called? Like the collective consciousness. It was kind of like a spiritual type place. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's uh, you know, the the uh well let's give some insight, you know, for the people that are like, what the hell are they fucking talking about? I'm like, <laughs> it it is what it said it is. It's it's a collective consciousness of uh you know, herbs, uh sage Crystal. You know, oils, whatever. Uh, and then in the corner, there's like this, like my favorite part of the place, you know, where it's like all the like the weird shit, you know, which I bought a couple of things while I was there when I saw the, the comedy thing going on. Yeah. And it was actually Key's birthday at that time. You know? Right. 
And I, I was waiting to go on. I, the, my green room was like the massage room. I was like all still like I was chilling out on the massage table and stuff. Yeah, you were asleep or something. Yeah, yeah. you're like I'm having a great time. Oh. I was very relaxed. <laughs> and I saw that chair after everybody was clearing the shit out and yeah. And I went back there. I'm like, where's this chair? I'm like, aha. Yeah, that, that was a cool place though to do a show. It was packed. It was great. You know, great, yeah. great crowd. Right? It was great. Really good crowd. I mean, it was fun. That no, definitely it was a lot of fun. It is like it was very humorous and very uh, you know like a close knit kind of like group and all that. It was almost like we were doing like a séance, right. you know. Which you know there was a one comedian, a uh, comedian. Uh, I think she is like some kind of. Uh, uh, what the hell are they call uh, like a Wiccan or spiritual? Uh, yeah, where she yeah. talks to people from beyond and stuff. And yeah, and, and she's a comedian as well. And that's like a like a crazy mixture. You know? Yeah, but you know, she was a lot of material there too. Yeah. Definitely, you know, you got up there and you did your thing. Key guy in there did his thing, and that uh, the 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 short guy was was wearing a lot of red. Yeah. You no, know, I forgot what his name is, but I was like, "Wow!" That was Richard the Head Parisi. That was his name because he's got the little guy in red, but he's got like a an enormous head. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ooh. <laughs> uh, that's where you're going at. I thought it was something else. But I, but I would say we're not that clever with our nicknames, right? Like he has a he has a big head, so he's the head. You know, we can't yeah. come up with anything better than that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. I was like. Wow, and then the old—I can't remember the old guy's name. And he was like tall guy, glasses. Um, uh, he was sitting next to uh, the lady. We called like you know, um, I forgot. You know, you, remember the thing where he had to adjust his belt. He had to find his belt, like a new belt. Uh, oh, that was uh, yeah. that's my friend Steve Kalba. His belt like broke, I think. Yeah, it's all like, you know, like I need a new belt or something. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? You don't want to perform comedy if you're afraid your pants are going to fall down. Then you, know? you I mean, it gets everybody's laughs. You know, like ah, you, know. you don't want people to laugh if your pants are down, though. You know, I know it's crazy. It's like you know, you get the whole thing going, and you know, and you get crowds like this. You know, <laughs> you know. okay, cut it now. All right, so <laughs> see, that's the only time I'm going to get a laugh because I do that kind of stuff. You know. <laughs> This one joke I remember about that night that it was Tugboat Manny. Remember Tugboat Manny was on. Oh my God! Yeah, he had everybody rolling. Right, loved him. And he said, um, he said they asked him for his height and weight. So I said five ten, and they said okay. And what's your height? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't know. Just the way he said it was funny. But what was the other thing? He said something, and then the woman in the crowd. She had no idea. I forgot what the word was. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. But you see all types in the crowds, especially especially these days. You know. Well, I mean, he, he, he was saying something about. I think with the. I think it was Trump or something. He, he was doing like a Trump joke or something, and then he said something about. I guess it was the. Uh, the vaccination things or whatever, and then. I don't remember. Yeah, he said something, and then all of a sudden the girl's like, what is this? And everybody started rolling. Like, I was in tears. And and even the comedian, the tugboat, he was just like, 
Yeah. Like, he had to turn around like, holy shit, she doesn't fucking know. You yeah. know? Look, sometimes the crowd is helpful, you know what I mean? It's they, something funny, something genuine and just natural just comes out in the crowd and yeah. it ends up a running thing through the show. Yeah, and they just kept on going on and on. And, and then towards the end of the thing, you know, we had like donuts um, that Keith's daughter made for him. You know, and it had like all, pretty much all comedians like, you know, a picture on them. I was really depressed because I'll tell you about that. Key's daughter did make donuts and he didn't make yours. Yeah, I didn't get one. I said my face on a donut would have been at least a hundred likes on Facebook if I posted that. <laughs> you know, there's not there would be nothing more natural than me on a donut, you know. Uh don't worry. When I do this uh we call it episode art and y'all done, I'll I'll make I'll have a donut and I'll put your face <laughs> on it and then you know, it'll be all good because that's what I usually do with this whole thing. It's like, you know, I'll do an episode art. And then it, it kind of like, that's why I was asking if you're on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. way, when I go and, and do this, like, you know, I, I go and make the episode art and I post the, the, the video and the audio and I'll tag you on there. Mm-hmm. And then um, that way you see the episode art as well. And then you're right. like, oh, wow. You know, because apparently I'm not doing my own horn, but some people say that I'm kind of somewhat famous making these things. Yeah. So Two to they, one. Huh? Dude. Yeah, no, I mean, we could, that's what I do. I, mean, I put it up there and they're like, all right, where's the art? We need to see the art. You know, one guy was like, his name is Big uh, Big Nick. And he's like part of another, like a podcast, like a, a set of five people. So <laughs> I had just him on. And then I did the episode art and I put it on there. And then I was going to have this other person, or I had this other person on. And he goes, oh, you're going to be on the show? It's like, Wait until you see the episode art, and all of a sudden she's like, "Uh, wait, what?" You know, because the person does like, um, talks about like sexual stuff more, like what what gets you. I'm not not really like the sense of what gets you off, you know, sexually, but what makes you happy. Yeah, in life, you know, like people like yourself do comedy or you know uh, put uh you know uh make boats or whatever you know what what kind of like you know relieves you and get you in like a nice somber moment i guess yeah so and mine was like podcasting music yeah whatnot so well, that's one of the things about comedy. I've talked to some of my closest friends. They'll tell you like this. There's nothing more exciting than like a great show or like a band, a band having a great set, you know? Yeah. Oh, so, definitely. Yeah. What's your favorite band, actually? Yeah. It's like a, it's a loaded question because um, there's a couple bands on Long Island that I'm kind of, I'm kind of tight with that I love, you know, yeah. and. But my favorite is definitely a local band. They're called O.L. Amore. I just saw them last night, actually. Um, basically like a, a cover band, 80s type cover band. Yeah. Um, but like bands that everybody would know. Like I, like I met Def Leppard. They are the greatest guys. I saw that on your Twitter. I saw that. I was like, Def Leppard, nice. Yeah. Like, so they're definitely my number one. Just, I mean, I... I mean, I loved them since I was a kid, but like then when I met them, they were the greatest, the greatest guys, you know, just great guys. Um, they still look the same. Yeah, I, I know. It's a little weird though. I saw the new video. The lead singer Joe Elliott's got white hair. He let his hair go white. <laughs> I said, "Wow, you know, he looks so, yeah. like in that respect, like yeah, how many rock stars let their hair go totally white? You know, 
Well, no, I mean, there is, like, no, actually, no, I got to think about it, because I don't remember some of them. Maybe uh, uh, the guy from Genesis, but Phil Collins, maybe. Uh, yeah. But uh, there is some people that do have, uh, in bands, that have white hair. I'm like, now that I think about it, I'm like, I can't even see Key with white hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's yeah. going to have to change his whole fucking comedy skit, you know? Yeah. But he like this this I like going to live music on Long Island. Like um I'm friends with this band I Rock. They're great. It's they do like 80s stuff, but they do like rat, like they do they do that their lead singer's got kind of a Vince Neil kind of thing going on. He even though he's a Long Island guy, he's got blonde hair and you feel like he's from LA. Yeah. But he he was on tour, like in the 80s, record deal kind of thing, and and I just sit with him and we compare notes. Like he tells me these crazy road stories and stuff. His name is Mike. You know, he's hilarious, but their guitar player, if you guys, if you see this guy, Tom Jordan on Long Island, he's great. He's playing in like, he's in Iraq. He's in Decadia. He's in big shot. He's a great, um, he's got some stuff that he does like on, on his own, like away from those bands. Like I, I like to see people like that, you know, like the local live guys, they're, they're, yeah. This guy Tom Jordan's great. If you get it, if you see him anywhere, uh, he's really good. Oh, I'm gonna check him out. Yeah, we call him to take a take a look because I remember like years ago, me and Key went to uh, before he was doing comedy stuff, and and he was a musician for like you know Stone Pony, uh, Enemy, which is like N M E, right? Um, and and we went to like I'm, I'm I'm not even gonna say I was like a roadie, but I was like that drunk friend that always hangs out. <laughs> you know it's like you know like you see me like when we go to like the, the the diner and all that you know we go down there and it's like i'm not saying i was drunk at a diner but um you know it was like that kind of thing where you sit back and you have a nice dinner or a nice like coffee and then you just shoot the shit like we're doing now you know it's like that kind of thing and and just make fun of like waiters going by or whatever i can but, tell you that's one of the greatest like my memories of being an, a new comic like back around 2000 2001 were always the diner runs the diner runs were the best part oh yeah and, and we would just hang in diners till three four o'clock in the morning which yeah, uh, now if uh they do stay open that late you know nowadays they're like oh we got close at 11 or 12 because well it is you know the yeah. pandemic yeah yeah, but yeah. it was just, it was the slinging, writing jokes back and forth, slinging jokes around the table. And it was just, it was fun. It was a lot of energy, like in those diner runs. And, and then we got to know the diet, like there, like there was this diner, it was, um, it closed down. It was a diner in Center Reach, this on, on Middle Country Road. But there was this guy, Gus, that he, he, he would just, he was funny. And he, he was probably as funny as the comics, you know, he would just rip on us all night once he knew we were comics. And, yeah. But then he was also a type of guy that was like, here's a joke you can use in your act. And it would be like an internet joke that everybody's seen a thousand times, you know? But, um, you know, it, there's all these, like, colorful characters that were around the diner runs and stuff. They were always fun. Yeah. No, definitely. We could. It's just like, I, I think I kind of know what the diner you're talking about because I went there. I think it was the Suffolk Diner. I think that was the name of it. The yeah, Suffolk yeah. Diner. I think that's what, you know, because it's like an old, as I'm saying, I'm not saying it's an old looking diner, but it, it looks like a landmark kind of diner. It's not like you're running the mill diner that you'd see around now. Yeah. It's like the same ones. Like, but, like he and I have a friend named Tommy and Tommy would go to, he would just drink a lot of water and constantly go to the bathroom. So one day Gus would just mess with us and Gus just walks over. He's like, uh, 
it, you know, he had this heavy accent. He'd be like, uh, yeah, uh, Tommy, no, no more pissing. Uh, go home, use your own water. <laughs> Just like ball breaking, you know, but the best. Yeah, it's like like being at a bartender, but he owns a diner. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I had a friend of mine, we call it, well, I still do. I mean, I haven't seen him a lot. Maybe tomorrow I'll see him. But uh, uh, his name is Pat. Pat Bishop. He used to go to, like, different, you know, bartends at different bars. He's been doing for, like, 40-somewhat years or so. First time I met this guy, I go to the bar. It's a bar called Garfield's in, uh, in Bayshore. Mm-hmm. Uh, right around Main Street. You remember when they had the strip? Yeah. Bayshore and all that? They had, like, mm-hmm. all the... All the bars going all the way down. Now it's like conglomerate. Uh, what's that? I like that now. Patchog. They've got yeah. bar after bar in the village. Yeah, meatballs. The <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was like right down there, but it was like that, but an earlier stage, like in Bayshore. That's how I think how it all started. Well, anyway, so I seen him there. First time going into a bar after getting out of high school, which people I was of age. Okay. Okay. We'll just keep that at that, you know, and we get in there and I'm drinking. I'm like, I love this bar. I'm like, oh my God, I love this bar. I want to be buried behind the bar right there, you know, and then in Pat's form, he, he's like, all right, well, good. Then that's the place I'm going to go and piss on, you know, and I'm like, oh, really? You're going to piss on my face? I'm like, I didn't want no golden shower. No, but it was like the funny, and then I still know him for what I think it's like 30 somewhat about the same amount of years as I've known Key, you know, so yeah. that's like after 30 years or something. So, but <laughs> you have any drunken war stories, or you were like been doing like uh, you know, comedy uh, in a bar somewhere? Yeah, oh, we did, especially in the beginning, we did so many bar shows, you know, and so the very first time I was on stage, I actually took a class. A few of us took a comedy class. And so our first show was in like a, a comedy club. All the conditions were perfect. It was a nice crowd. My second show was a bar. I think it might have been like Bayshore, like on the water. Maybe it was like uh, Porky's or Porky and Glenn's. It was something like that. It's 20 something years ago. Yeah, that's right. Like, and I've probably been there and I don't even remember it. They, they hated us. They hated us. They like the Yankee game was on. They weren't turning the TVs off. They were yelling at us to shut the hell up. They were, you know, <laughs> it, it felt like Blues Brothers when they were playing behind the, the chicken wire. You know, it felt like that kind of thing. You know, they they hated us. And, and then, Roadhouse with that blind uh, we could you know band member. And that's the biggest thing for comics is getting through the first year or two or three. You're mainly doing like bar shows and stuff. And yeah. You're performing in front of other comics that don't laugh. You know, occasionally you have a couple of drunks that listen to you, you know, at, at the bar or, you know. Yeah, you get a couple of good ones here and there. You know, it's like you never know, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a, a, a professional. <laughs> but I, from what I've seen, I noticed it was like, you know, you do like some kind of thing and they're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. You know, <laughs> What, what what I tell new comics now is like if you if you're doing a bar show and there's a bunch of drunks and a bunch of comics and because comics go to open mics like at a bar show or something and they're looking at their own material maybe they've seen you 12 times they know all your they know your stuff they don't really laugh you know yeah so what I tell new comics is if you're doing like a bar show if you get any kind of reaction from the people at the bar or the comics that's probably a bit that's going to work on stage you know in like a comedy club yeah. If you, if you get just a, a little reaction, that's all you need on those shows. But it's hard to, when I did that first bar show, I remember I uh, I emailed 
I emailed my uh, kind of like my my first one of my first mentors, and I'm like, man, this was brutal. I don't know if I don't know if I'm cut out for this. And he was like, well, get over it because that's this is going to be like the next two years of your life. Yeah, be a comedian. It's going to be doing the bars, and you're going to be around drunks, and you know <laughs> they're going to tell you you suck, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, I get I get that too. My mind get paid. Mm-hmm. I get it too, but when I walk around, I'm like, you suck. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. not doing anything. Yeah, I got the, I actually got you sucked this afternoon from my uh, my girlfriend, pretty much, you know. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, thankfully, I'm I'm used to it now because it's happened to me a thousand times at bar shows and stuff. Because yeah, it's like, you know, your purse, uh, like from what I've seen, and I've been hanging with Key and, and his wife, Teresa, and the people that you're close to give you the best kind of like, accommodation or something of what you know your best critics i guess yeah well i I tell you what as a comedian you can bomb but there's nothing like bombing in front of your family you know you know know, they're privately saying like oh my god what's he doing what's what is he doing you know he could have been been that guy in the cubicle you know And I still feel that pressure. Last last summer, I was at Governor's in Levittown, which is a big, that's the big comedy club on Long Island. That's like the, you know, the Yankee Stadium of comedy clubs is the Levittown Governor's. Everybody has played there. Yeah. And I was doing a show and my father brought his whole office to the show. And I remember thinking, I'm doing this 20 something years and I'm going, don't suck tonight. Don't suck tonight. You know, dad's got his whole office there. So it does put added pressure on. So I, I kind of get it when they say athletes struggle when they play like like for the like if you grow up in New York and you play for the Yankees, that can mess you up because your family and friends are around you. Sometimes it's better to, to play away from where you grew up because there's less pressure. Like I totally get that now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, like you go to like Canada or something like that, and you're like, Well, I don't know anybody in Canada, but you know. Yeah, no distractions. Yeah, yeah, you just go into family somewhere else, you know, these people, you know, it's like. Yeah. So have you gone anywhere, like, um, I know you've gone all over, like, the states and all that. Have you gone to, like, Canada? Have you tried going to, like, another country, maybe? I don't know. I've been in Canada. I was in I was in New London, Ontario, right before, right before COVID. Yeah. And um, my friend Eric had another comedian, Eric Tartaglioni, he had just been in Canada and we both, we both had this same opinion. The Canadians are freaking nice people. They were like unbelievably nice. Like you can't believe how nice they were, you know, yeah. oh, as, as opposed to here. <laughs> you know? There's a, there's a couple of podcasts that, uh, that are, you know, that I had on that are from Canada and they are such the awesomest fucking people in the world. And they are very supportive. They're very, you know, like, for instance, there's one called Film Rage. And I think this guy, Jim, and I love this guy. This guy is, like, awesome. We always talk about different shit, different liquor. (laughs) You know, uh, I had, like, a list of, like, five of the most, like, uh, uh, obnoxious, like, liquor or or drinks (laughs) that you'd be able to drink. And one was called Alligator Sperm. (laughs) <laughs> um i wouldn't drink that yeah uh one was called uh the hot mexican hooker um <laughs> that <I> would sample <laughs> i don't know but you know, there's there's, there's it, I, I had to listen what was in it and then uh a smoker's cough uh what was the other one well the the, the last one which is not something that you're gonna see everybody drink mm-hmm. it was called a uh, kim jong-un uh nuclear bomb 
Really? And basically this had, uh, you need a blender. So you get a blender. The only liquid part of it is a lot of vodka and a milkshake. But then you have like pretty much the McDonald's Happy Meal going into it and you blend that shit up, you know. And they're like, is there meat in this? And they're like, yeah. Oh, is it McDonald's? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, yeah. And they taste it and they're like, uh, you know, but, you know, Jim's like, I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's like, Jim's like my, my greatest like supporter. You know, he's always called me the squid God. Uh, <laughs> you know, hell my squid God, you know. And... Do you, do you, do you remember like the first time you ever got like super drunk, like the next day, like your first like horrible hangover? Like I, I do. I mean, Oh God, I had so many of those. It's just like <laughs> the first one. It's like my birth was it my birthday. I don't know. I I know I was drinking before I turned twenty one. With yeah, me too. quote unquote people that didn't happen. But um, you know, it was like oh my God, you wake up and you're like it's a head. The the room was spinning. My very first room spinning moment. You know, yeah. just laying there and it's like oh my God, oh what the fuck. You know? <laughs> And it, would, it felt like an Ozzy Osbourne video. I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. But never, never did a throw-up thing in the bathroom. I did. I, I, It was Jack Daniels. I didn't drink Jack Daniels for years. I only just started drinking Jack again. But I, I was at I was at a restaurant. My, my high school, like my, my you know, my 18-year-old girlfriend dumped me at the time. And I, I knew a girl that was a bartender. Yeah. And I, I just, it, it was... Just shot. I was going shot for shot with some old guy that had been drinking for like fifty years, you know. Oh God! And, and I remember he said to me, "You're going to remember me in the morning," you know that kind of thing. <laughs> so, I, my friend drive. He drove my car, but he drove me home, like in my car. Yeah. Yeah. And and my parents had just redone the house, and I I I he pushed me in the door, and I passed out and threw up all over the new carpet. Right. And, and, and my, my my mom was sitting there when I walked in and she just like left me on the floor. I was just she just like left me, you know. Oh, my so God. I had to clean, you know, clean it up. And um, my friend, my friend Nick brings my car back. So we, we get in the car and he rolls like the windows were down. It was the summer or whatever. He rolls the passenger window up and it's just puke up the window. I must have threw up outside like the car. And, like, I've seen those days. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, and so for like twenty five years, I didn't drink Jack Daniels. I I, I could if I smelled it, I, I felt sick. You're like, oh, I remember that night. You know, yeah. And something happens when you get older. Suddenly, you can drink whiskey. All of a sudden, Jack stopped bothering me. Yeah, my my uh, yeah, pretty much Jack Daniels. I think was the one that did it for me. I think at one point. Well, I mean, I'd really, but I mean, I would do Jack and Coke or whatever, and. Yeah, and rum and coke, I I could do that like no problem at that point. Now I can't. Now I don't drink anymore. But um, <laughs> the one drink, and I think I said this on this show, that there is a thing called Stroh's, S T R O H S. Yeah, it is like liquid caramel, <laughs> and it's hot. Going, it's like if you were, <laughs> if you were tongue kissing alien. <laughs> you know where you know an alien had the, the the spit that has acid 
it, it's like tongue kissing the alien and the spit is like going down there and burning your whole throat. You're like, oh, fuck, no. You know, and it's just long lasting. It's, you couldn't get the taste out of your mouth. Well, I, I wouldn't drink alligator sperm and I wouldn't tongue kiss alien. The alligator sperm, I found out, is more uh, fruity kind of like because it has like the uh, melon ball kind of like liqueur. Yeah, it had like the uh, pineapple, I think, in it, and it had like something else. And then that seemed like it was more bearable than it is with the other drinks that happened. I never order this drink, but I love Malibu and pineapple juice. But I know if I order that at the bar, people are going to snicker that I'm getting Malibu and pineapple juice. You know, hey, you, I you, love it. You, you do it, you know, whatever is good for you, then what's better for your whole stomach and shit? You know? Yeah, I know. But I, I'm like, oh, give me Jack Light Rocks. But really, I want Malibu and pineapple juice. Yeah. Yeah. Just make it look like it's Malibu. Just put the Jack jacket. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it was like, uh, we call it my, my, uh, oh, what the hell is it? Uh, the you were talking about like you know getting drunk and oh yeah the the family like you come home drunk. Uh-huh. I had I had two instances. One I got home from the bar. It was like three four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm sitting on my bed now. My room is like you know well I mean you can't really tell from the back thing, but the room is like the size of a, a like a living room not a living room but a small like den. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sitting on my bed, and there's the kitchen right next door. And then all of a sudden, I did not know my dad was watching me trying to get undressed. <laughs> so you, you ever, folks, have you ever gotten like dressed? I mean, drunk undressing. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's a feat that you can be able to get your <laughs> shoes and not fly onto the curtain rod. Yeah. Um, and I had these boots, you know, like uh, work boots, and I got them off and I flung them, and it landed. On the curtain rod, like you would see shoes hanging from the telephone pole, I guess, you know, like the, the, that shows like where the people are living or something. I don't know how that goes, but yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, after I woke up the next day and I could not find my boots, and my dad looked at me, he goes, he goes, they're on the curtain rod where they, when you fling them, we call last night, you drunk bastard. And I'm like, you were there? He goes, I was standing right in front of you while you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, you know, the, the, the second instance was when I was obviously drunk at a bar, but I didn't get a ride home. Major snowstorm. It was a uh, uh, what the hell? What, uh, uh, VFW hall. And friends of mine, we coming from. We worked at a place called. Uh, well, we worked in, in a bakery. Let's say that. we worked in the bakery. We all went to, uh, it was Christmas time, we went to this VFW, we all go down there like every Christmas, have a party and everything else. And I went to the bathroom, I come out and everybody is fucking gone. <laughs> like there's no way, the bartender's there, he goes, everybody fucking left, they was gone, we're shutting down and that's it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, how the fuck am I, and this is before everybody else had cell phones. Right. You know, this is where the telephone booths were in there. <laughs> yeah. And... No Uber. Yeah, no Uber. No, I mean, they had taxis, but at that point, I'm like, I didn't know what number to call for a taxi at that time. So right. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to walk it. And it was a snowstorm as well. Yeah. So I walked from there. It was like, I think it was like quarter to six. Mm-hmm. And I got home. It was like 730 in the morning. 
and I had to go to work at 12 in the afternoon. Uh, it's rough. <laughs> so I was like, I got home and my dad was just, he was up. You could smell the coffee, you mm-hmm. know, just yeah. brewing, you yeah. know, that Maxwell house, you know, that was just making the coffee and you get in there and you're, you, you can, everything's reeking on you. Yeah. <laughs> and there's my dad looking, he goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, I'm dead. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go right to bed and not say a word. And my dad just looked at me while, you know, making the eggs <laughs> and then say a word. And he goes, I'm going to fucking get later on. Well, I, I, I have a friend. She, she just turned, she just turned 69. She would, so which again, it's funny. Your favorite enough. number. I know, but she 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 did just turn sixty nine, and she she like she's a waitress. She bartends. She's been working in restaurants like forever, or her whole life really. And she can drink like she'll just drink all night. But the funny thing is, and I knew I had to start watching my drinking because we closed the bar. I was with a group of people, and we ended up. We ended up having an after party, like where she, where this lady lives, mm-hmm. but she lives like in an old folks home, right? So, and it's it's not like a fifty five and over. This looks like like a hospital when you walk in, and they have these apartments. And when you walk in, there's like security. So I'm walking into like the retire the retirement home with like a I've got like a twelve pack of beer on my shoulder. I have to sign in with its security and stuff. So. <laughs> You know, and 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 there were a lot of people there. A lot of them were doing drugs and stuff. I I I, I don't do that, you know. But I had some drinks, but I left at like probably six, seven o'clock in the morning, and it was almost like it felt like I was doing the walk of shame through the uh, through the retirement community because they're looking at me like, "Do you have fun? You know, <laughs> throw a hip out." You know, they didn't know what was going on. And she literally got called into the. Like she likes to smoke pot, so she does it like out her bedroom window, right? Yeah. The only problem is there's a second floor, so it's going right upstairs into the apartment of, above her, and it's like a 75 year old couple that lived up there. So she got oh. so many complaints. She was told like w- one more party, and she's gonna get, you know, kicked out of the old folks' home. That's one way of doing it. If you're gonna get kicked out, you might as well just smoke pot and yeah, yeah, see what goes on. But drinking makes funny things happen sometimes, you know. What got you? What got you into doing a, you know, comedy as it is? Was it something that you know, you're like, listen, I, I'm gonna do this because this other thing, my hobby fell through, or I don't know. It was one of these things where I, I always wrote. I, I always had uh, in high school. I was like creative writer. You know, um, I'm still I'm still in touch with my creative writing teacher from high school. That was actually a class. And uh, in my twenties, I would write. Right. And when I got in my late twenties, I, I wanted to, um, I, I don't know. I, I just, it was one of those things I had all this stuff I had written, but I didn't know, I didn't know what to do with it, you know? And I happened to be at a comedy at governors in Levittown. I happened to be there one night and they announced that there was going to be a stand up comedy class. And, you know, I, I took the class, there were about 12 of us in the class and for about I guess six weeks, once a week, we would go to class and we would just like, I, I learned it. it's one thing to be funny, but like that class taught me how to actually write a joke, like have a setup, like a premise and a punchline, a setup. And a, instead of just rambling on telling stories and not having a lot of laughs, I, I it took my stories down to set up, punch, set up, punch, like five, you know, five laughs a minute, that kind of thing. Yeah. We did the graduation show, and you know it was in, it's intoxicating. 
you know, it was just, it was intoxicating and yeah, 20, over 20 years later, there, there are two, two guys, especially in that class. Most of my class is not doing comedy anymore, but there's, but there's three of us. There's two guys that we're still, we're close friends. You know, we've, you know, we, it, 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 our anniversary just passed every April, um, every April 24th. It's kind of like our comedy anniversary that, that was when we did our, our first show. Is that and, the same uh, same guy that I I met I think uh, a couple of times? Uh, I don't know. No, you know it's funny. I don't think you met these guys. I, okay. You met there were other guys I met. We met soon after that we've been friends with just as long. You know, like because we started doing open mics. So like, there's a guy named Tommy that you've met. Um, yeah. Tommy is also friends with Key Fitz. So Tommy started doing comedy around the same time, but at another club. So we, we met, we met at like open mics and then we just kind of became friends, you know? Um, and there's a funny, this is the crazy, sometimes luck happens too, right? There was a guy out in Medford, his name is Rick Morgan. And he had a, he had a comedy club called the gateway comedy club. And he started doing a thing called the Thursday night comics. So every Thursday night we would go to his room and we would do, we would do a show. And it was all, it was mainly new comics. It was an open mic, but we started to build like a crowd. And there were about eight or nine of us that became like the Thursday night comics. We got on every Thursday at Rick's club, you know? Yeah. And then my first paid show was for Rick Morgan. About three months later, I, I hosted a show at like a comedy club. And that, that was awesome. You know, I got to do a, a live show and then, um, a lot, a lot of people know about comedy clubs and stuff, but on Long Island, they also do like volunteer firehouses. Firehouses are a big thing. They do comedy shows for fundraisers. Yeah. So Rick was like the king of the, of the firehouse shows. So now I went from like doing the open mic as a Thursday night comic to getting my first, my first paid comedy gig with Rick. He started putting me on these firehouse shows where I would do like 10 minute sets in front of, you know, 300 rowdy fire department people. And it was Talk about intoxicating. That was so much fun, you know? Um, and because of Rick, like, people are like Long Island. Like, I, I met Robert Klein. Robert Klein did the Gateway Comedy Cellar in Medford, you know? And we hung out with Robert Klein. Um, I met Jimmy Walker at McGuire's from Good Times. You know, I, I opened for him. JJ. Yeah, I opened for JJ at McGuire's. Um, you know, uh, Gabe Kaplan from Welcome Back, Cotter. I, I met him. You know, it's just, it was, and this was not like the A club on Long Island. You know, this was like the B club, you know, um, yeah. but it was great. And it, it just, all that combines into it being intoxicating and fun, you know, um, it was the early years for the greatest years, you know, they really were. Yeah. I mean, you, you got like other good uh, stuff and all that. You went to a collective consciousness. <laughs> yeah. You're in a cat somewhat place it's, it's, yeah. comedy is one of those things where saturday night you'll be in a club and it's sold out and sunday night you're doing a bar gig in front of 30 people but you're getting paid and you're doing comedy so that's pretty cool yeah. too you know i mean do you think that anybody can do uh i mean everybody anybody can do comedy i think it is if they put their mind to it yeah. um it's just the fact that i think if you can just stand up there and, and be in a lot of you know a lot of people just looking at you yeah. You know, I say kudos to everybody else that does it, like yourself, Key, and everybody else, you know, because, like I said, if I try to get in there, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I would fall on my face. You know, anybody can do it, right? Like, it's it's not like you're trying to fly or something, right? Anybody yeah. could do comedy, but but there, there are, I don't want to say rules, because there are always people that break the rules, but, you know, there's, like, um, it, 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 there is like a, I don't, I don't even know if science is the word, but there is like a rhythm to it. There's a way yeah. to do it, you know? Um, and th there are some people that they just, they don't take, I don't want to call it, it's, it's like constructive criticism, right? But if you're doing a joke and nobody's laughing, it's not funny. But you'll have comics that go, no, that's funny. I, I killed, I killed. And it's like, well, how did you kill? Nobody's laughing. Nobody, nobody books you, you know? Um, it's kind of like one of the things you have to do is when you're new, you're doing those bar shows. It's kind of like elevating into the clubs. If the clubs aren't using you, it, it, you know, then you either have to kind of change what you're doing or, or, you know, maybe it's not for you, you know? Yeah. I mean, cause like if I was going to do comedy and like you were saying about the whole, like there's a, a, a preference and a punchline. Yeah. Right. And like you, everybody goes and tells stories, and then that's me. Like you know, I would go and tell a story of it, and it'd be like a funny story. But uh, you know, and you could do that. You could do, you could do stories. The thing is, you, you, if you don't have a couple of laughs per minute, though, you're just up there telling stories, and no one's laughing. You know, so so you have to construct. We, I mean, we all tell stories, but you have to have punchlines in the story, so people yeah. are. People are laughing, you know. Like I was telling Key, I'm like, "Oh, you should tell the story about like when we went to like Wamboozy and you know and all that." He goes, "Yeah, we would get it." He goes, "But I don't think they would get it." Yeah, you know, it's like we could do this, and it could be the funniest shit. You know, to us, it's funny, but to them, it, I, it's like hmm? even now I have premises that like my friends and I like we talked. I, like we, if we have, it's almost like mental support. You know, your comedy friends, but we also bounce jokes off each other and stuff. Yeah. And we all have stuff that we think it's hilarious, but every time we do it on stage, it dies. You know, and yeah. sometimes it could be one the placement of one or two words or things like that. You know, yeah, um, it, it's like the the point where it's like uh uh. What the hell? And, you know, you get this once in a while, or one, not once in a while. I mean, but uh, you know, when you think you're gonna do it, and then you're like, <laughs> you know, you know, like, oh shit, what the fuck? Kept on going. It happens sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's funny too. When we write new stuff, it could also be us. We could like, um, one of the things I've learned is the stuff I know it that works. I deliver that with high energy, right? Or I'm, con exactly. I have that high confidence level. If it's a new joke, maybe I'm coming off as not as confident on stage, you know. So I, I'm typically not going to abandon it once, but it's one of those things where it, it could be the way I deliver it too. Sometimes it's not might not be the material. Is it? Uh, um, do you ever get that point where you get to like when you get on stage and 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 folks, this guy is the funniest guy I ever seen. There's many comics that makes me laugh, and Key makes me laugh as well. But he is like up there with the top five, and and you know it's like, what happens if you tell like a joke and like you said nobody gets it or something? You'll get that like cricket moment. Yeah. Does that do something to your self esteem? Does it do it like you know like oh shit really you know that's my best one. I tell you, when I was new, it could be crippling. It could wreck my set. Now, I, you learn stuff like this. Like, let's say I have some new jokes I'm going to try, right? Yeah. I, I don't open with them. I open with I open with my tried and true stuff that I know works. 
I put the new jokes in the middle. Yeah. And then I close with stuff that I know works. So, but that stuff in the middle, hopefully they, they already think I'm funny because the beginning was good, right? Mm-hmm. Do the new jokes. If the new jokes don't hit, like I'm at a point now where I can kind of, I'll, I'll make a joke about the joke not hitting, you know? Yeah. Um, Car- Johnny Carson used to do that. He would, he would tell a joke that he didn't think would work, but he'd have like a, a backup joke. He'd have another joke to use about how bad the previous joke was, you know? Like, um... <laughs> Yeah, like savers, you know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, like when you were talking about the comedy roast for Key. Yeah. Now, compared now, in your opinion, yeah, we all seen the comedy roasts like Dean Martin, yeah, you know, Johnny Carson, you know, mm-hmm. and everything about that, and those guys are the raunchiest, oh, yeah. motherfuckers yeah. you could think of, you know, and they tell like jokes that you could or cracks. That you could not do to this day. Oh yeah, you know, because stuff and everybody is very cynical. Me too. Woke. Yeah, I mean, it's so yeah. Much. Well, you know, they they they're very uh, politically correct. You know, and mm-hmm. it's like you can't just go and put that. You know, your your jokes. You want to do the jokes that Johnny Carson did, and this one, and. You know, so do you think that Key's gross was more raunchier than... Well, I mean, speaking for myself, <laughs> can, we, can we use bad language? We're allowed to use bad language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Say fuck, Kurt. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty clean comic, but at the roast, I, you know, Key has bright red hair and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't remember how I said it, but I, I, I said something like Key, Key looks like, like he was born when like Carrot Top fucked Pippi Longstocking in the ass. <laughs> You know, I mean, we were we were brutal at roast, you know. Oh God! I mean, the stuff because my girlfriend was there, and all of a sudden she's like, "Holy shit! I hope he's okay." You know? <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, this is nothing." The key, he'd be like, "Yeah, whatever." He'll find some other shit to come back. You know? Yeah, the key hit me back and stuff. And we, yeah. the fun thing too, like that roast, we the audience was basically like uh, spectators, right? Yeah, but like a lot of the comedy roasts, you'll you'll wreck on people, other comics that are in the back of the room that aren't even involved with the roast. If you see them, you'll just wreck on them, you know. Yeah, it's like all, you know, the stuff you see on TV. Pretty much, the people are sitting on the stage. But like Long Island roasts, like if you're if you're sitting at the bar, you're fair game. They're gonna, hit, <laughs> you know, if you're a comic, they're gonna hit you. You're in that room because I felt, I, oh my god. I mean, I sat there and I'm like. Oh, he's going to fucking roast me now. <laughs> yeah. You know, because yeah. I'm like, I know him for like a long time and I'm like, oh shit, man, he has, sto-. and then he even said it too. He goes, he goes, man, I got stories on you that you don't even know about. Yeah. And I was like, oh God, I got to watch my P's and Q's. Yeah. <laughs> They, they were like wrecking on on a guy who uh, who um, books me and stuff. He wasn't even there. They were wrecking on that guy. They yeah. With that, I mean, no, that stuff's great. And I, you know, I, I love I love that. I love that. Kind oh, of they, gotta, they gotta do that again. We gotta do like some kind of roast on somebody again. You know, that's like fun. I'm like, folks, you know, and people that's on Long Island, folks, anybody that's listening to this that's on Long Island, you know. Go follow, go and look for your comedy thing. You know, forget about the like, oh, you know, because of COVID. I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. Oh, have a good time. Go down there. You know, wear your mask or whatever you want to do. <laughs> uh, you know, 
yeah. but just get cool. out. Talking about the roast, though, one of one of my one of the guys who taught me comedy in the comedy class at Governors, his name's Peter Bales. He's he um, he was one of Rodney Dangerfield's comics. He was on like Last Comic Standing when Rosie O'Donnell was hosting it. Like, oh yeah, he does a lot of stuff now with Jackie the Joke Man Martling. But Peter Bales, like I, I aspire to be like Peter. Like he hosts stuff like those roasts, and he's so good. He's so good at like hosting, and there's so many. It, it, it's one of those things like there, there are some comics that don't want to be like the MC. They think that's almost like, like, um, you know, hosting a show is oh, another, the stronger comics are at the end. But Man. I can tell you like, especially at a roast, having a guy like Peter, that's a strong, like MC that keeps things going and is funny. It's like, like if, if you ever see that Peter is doing a roast, that's one you want to see. Cause he has so many memorable lines that comics laugh about from from the roast, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and and when I watch him, that's where I learned. Like, I really learned a lot watching the guys before me, like how how to do a roast. And it's like Peter will hit everybody in the room. It's the greatest thing, you know. Yeah, it, it's, it's like you know, I think the roasts are like the best ones to like. I mean, no, you watch all comedians, you know, that's great. You know, you go and watch them as it is. But then when you have a roast and, you know, that's like the the heavy shit that comes out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's funny. And and you kind of have to have a good sense of humor. But like, if you have a bad sense of humor about it, you're going you're gonna to look bad. You know, like, you kind of yeah. have to, you kind of have to live with it. Like, the first roast I ever did was this guy, Vince Antona. He passed away about 10 years ago. I love Vince. He's a great guy. But he, he was a ventriloquist, you know. Oh, nice. I almost felt bad, like ripping on on Vince because he was such a nice guy to me, you know. Yeah. And I remember going into the roast. I said, I, I I got asked to be like on the on the dais, and I was a newer comic, you know. Yeah. I remember I said I was the thing was started. I said to Vince, like you, you know, I love you, right? Like I, I almost feel bad going up there and making fun of you. And Vince was like, Chris, this is my roast. You better hit me with everything you've got, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna be mad if you don't, you know. And and that's just how it is. Yeah, it's. I hope I'm not at no end of fucking the roast. I tell you right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I I could take jokes and all that, but it's just like if there's like some personal shit. Uh, <laughs> like, oh. but you know what's funny about Vince? Like we were all joking that Vince drank a lot, but his family was there, and I don't know if they realized how much Vince drank when he was oh, on the road. You yeah. know, but yes, yeah, so they were. You know, I I had heard that they were a little. You know, surprised. Yeah, you we'll open some can of worms on that one. You're like, yeah. oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. And like my friend Eric is a comic, and he wear he wears like a he wears a toupee. You know, and and, and I mean his his website is hairclubcomic.com. He jokes about his hairpiece on stage. Yeah. But at that time he didn't, and it was at a roast that that Peter kind of called him out for the for the toupee. You know, and that was a touch kind of a touchy thing. You know, but it was at a roast that it came out. He goes, Peter says something like, and there he is, folks, Eric. He claims it's real. <laughs> it's real, all right, somewhere. It's, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, that's what, you know, <laughs> the rope, that's what the. Yeah. So pretty much we're getting close to the end. It's like, you know, I usually do like an hour or so, you know. Um, where can they find you? What's your next gig? Um, and uh, where is like a, a thing where they can look you up? I guess we call it, you yeah. know, 
I mean, it's funny. Like I, 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 when I was still with my wife at the time, she was telling me I had to grow up and I was, I was building my website at, which is not mature.com. You know, so, uh, yeah, you know, that, that's where you can find me is mature.com. And I have links to like my Facebook and, and everything on there. Okay. Uh, I pretty much work every weekend. T- typically I'm at a point now where I'm mainly local on Long Island. I don't, I travel a little bit, but not a lot. Um, like I, I know next week I'm going to be at McGuire's out in Bohemia, which is one of my favorite clubs. Um, that's, you know, all, all the governor's clubs are awesome. I, I'm at governor's in Levittown a lot. Uh, McGuire's in Bohemia, the brokerage in Belmore. Yeah. That's typically where you'll find me, but I'm happy to see, I'm happy to see that I have some firehouse shows coming up because, because of COVID doing for a couple of years. So, um, like May 14th, I'm going to be at the Islip Firehouse. I can't wait to see them. Those are always, uh, you know, off the hook, as they say. You know, it's nuts. What do you say, May 14th, you said? Yeah, May 14th, I'm going to be uh, at the Islip Firehouse. Love those guys and gals. All right, cool. So, all right, folks, this is usually in, uh, towards, yeah, more like, well, we just, you know, did a whole thing of where you mm-hmm. find them. Um, you can find me. Sorry, I just drank a whole bunch of iced tea and it's giving me the burps. Uh, ready? So, um, you know, go to uh, Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Tattoo Squid Podcast, all one word. That's T-A-2-T-A-2-S-Q-U-I-D. Um, like you said, there's there's links. Uh, there's links for everything that I go to, which is YouTube, Instagram, whatever. You find it. You can see that little squid on there. Uh and Chris, thank you for being on. You're actually the one non-podcast person. That, really? Um, <laughs> you know, like for for the second season, I had you know you're like the very first like non-podcast. You know, which I'm hoping for more. You know that you know, which is great. I had the podcast, but you know, I seen other people have celebrities, and you are in my my book. You're a celebrity as it is because you're all over the place and doing your gigs and. Yeah, you know, appreciate it. Getting out there, so the world uh, needs to laugh now. What's that? We need to laugh now, don't we? The world, we need to laugh. Yeah, definitely, man. We call it, you know, it's like we gotta have more comedy gigs, more you know things to like go out and see. Everybody else is like, oh, I'm gonna stay home and you know watch you know Bianca, somebody, you know whatever, just doing something. Ow. Yeah, yeah, when I watch porn, my man, too, I guess. I yeah. Know, but. <laughs> it happens all the time. People look up and go, thanks for the laughs. I, I needed I needed that, you know? Yeah. You know, and then also, when folks, when go to a comedy uh, go to a comedy show, show, watch the comics, and if they go to, like, a diner, go to the diner, too. Go and hang, hang out. out. We know? love it. You know, hang out. They joke around. You joke around. You have a good time. You be there till like, nowadays, probably 11, maybe 12. <laughs> You know, pay, bill, pay the bill for us. Yeah, you know, and tip uh, tip them and also give them what we call it, you know, a free, like, food kind of thing. And, you know, then you go back and check it out some more. You never know. You know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, now it's the point where I'm going to talk to the guests afterwards, you know, for a few minutes and see if they like the show <laughs> and, uh, and see what goes on. So, everybody, have a good night. Um, and I'll see you on the flip side. Thanks. Right. That's all, folks.